what's involved to, you know, to get involved in something that deep? Like, what did you guys do? What would you say? Oh, well, that's a bit of um, Lenny. We had our business together. We had publishing companies with Universal. We had the top of the top people who were on top of the top. So it was very easy to do. Right. Yes, you could pick on a lawyer. It was all, it was nothing. It was a done deal. <laughs> just make the call. Yeah, just make the call, right? Oh, hell no. You know, oh, hell no. Oh, hell no. <laughs> and look, and then like to go into like, and then like all the calls you would get, like you would mention, like Melissa Morgan, Paul Abdul. Um, and then Tony Matola called and said, I want to have a meeting with you guys. So this Quincy Jones letter, Tommy Matola invites us to his office. So we walk in Tommy Matola's office. Lenny, that office was incredible. He wants us to do Michael Jackson, Stranger Moscow remix. So we we didn't turn him down. We were like, yeah, we'll do it. And it just, you know, after that point, you know, doing the mixes, remixes for him. And right after that, you know, it just... Things were just going, 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 man. We had a lot going on. That's why we had to have spin and, and people to come and help us. On the Michael Jackson, did you, did he re-sing the vocals for you guys? No, we had, man, that was a stretching nightmare. This was before. I the real show. Story. So yeah, listen to this, everyone. Oh, this a was a stretching nightmare because we didn't have the technology that we have now. And let me tell you something. This man recorded the whole vocals popping and clicking and stomping his feet and we had to work you know we time stretched it because it was like around 60 beats per minute so we doubled it but then we had all these clicks and pops and all it we had to edit out it was very tedious it was very tedious but it was michael jackson you know so we, we did it and you know what and proud of it too oh hell yeah oh yeah we had to do it you know was that part of the premise too? Did you guys want to do a lot of remixes, or you just wanted to be a a, a Motown situation? I, I never, I never wanted to do remixes. I'm never, I'm not a remixer. I'll tell, and that's why I gave all. That's why you see most of the remixes that was done by Spin and Charisma, because I like original. I like, I don't want to be boxed into a mel a, a thing. I like to have my creativity be a little bit more open. So I like to build songs from the ground up and explore and. And, and layer and do all that. And with a remix, you're basically contained to the melody that's there. You can't really go outside of it, you know? So I'm not, I, don't, I, don't, I never love remix. That's why you don't see me doing a lot of remixes. I don't do a lot of Uh-huh. Okay, no, I know that. I know that we've spoken about that off camera many times. Yeah, yeah. But I want you to tell the fans that maybe they're wondering, you know, is Teddy, his nose, too high. No, I, I don't enjoy it. I'm enjoying the new projects that I'm doing. Um, um, I got a, speaking of uh, Quincy Jones, I'm doing a tribute to, to Quincy Jones. It's called Tribute to Q. It's to make up for what I didn't do with him <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> I'm just doing like five songs. It was going to be more songs, but COVID put it into that last year. I was working on it. We'll get to that COVID thing in a minute. Oh, but anyway, it's five songs coming out later on summers. It's inspired Quincy Jones songs that from his old songs that I wrote new songs from. So two very interesting projects. Oh yes, oh yeah. So now we're talking about you have this great situation in nineties of cooking and you're DJing. That I know for a fact he enjoys because I've seen him play many yeah, times. I love, I love DJing. Box, he gyrates on those turntables. He's <laughs> looking like a damn fool. He like ripped it up the there. It's like, yo, he's up and down. No, you don't look a damn fool. You just look like someone who's into what they're doing. Hey, man, and I wish I could control it. You know, people, they, I've read comments that I hate. I've heard people that I admire, and I'm not going to say no names, who make fun of people jumping up and around, turning across over, looking like a jungle bunny. Da, 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 da. And let me tell you something. If I could, if I could control that, I would, but I can't. I, it is natural to me. I know people who make up and, and do it as, as a show and fake it. But Teddy Douglas, and I know quite a few people who, in my, like Joe Clausell, and a few other, that is not a fake. That is from here. And if you don't feel it from here, how am I expecting you to, to translate 
to the dance floor. So that's all it is. And it, it basically, I wish I could dance. I'm up there wishing that I could dance, but I can't because I've been in the DJ room and I'm contained. Right. You know. <laughs> so only thing I can do is jump up and down, you know. <laughs> But it's not safe, you know, and, and I really resent people who, who say, oh, like he turned across all these things. That's a feeling, you know, and I know people who do the crossover really badly. I know people who do it really well. Both, right? It's either one or the other. <laughs> <laughs> but I love the crossover. I was doing the crossover before we had a crossover. I had my Newmark mixer and they had the little EQs on the side and I was taking the bass out because back in those days I heard DJs like Larry LeVan and Wayne Davis who had Richard Long sound systems was crossover. That's what that was. I mean, and then when the moment you heard the bass come out, you'd be like, oh, hell, what the? <laughs> you know what I mean? And when they hear the tapes, of the playback, the problem with the playbacks are unless it was a microphone, you didn't get that. You don't get it because that's controlling the sound system. The sound right, the output right. Not oh. an isolator, not like right. everybody's got the isolator, and they can do the do the you know the drops right chords digitally. But if you don't have an isolator and you're working off a traditional right. RO system. You're not going to get that. Well, that's where I got it from. I mean, that that technique is old as and ancient as it didn't begin with Joe Clozell and not going to end with Joe. That that technique is old. You know, the isolator. That thing is old. And I love it. Dear. I, I love it. I love it when people do it tastefully and 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 with purpose. Don't just take the damn bass out to be taking the bass out. <laughs> do it. Let me tell you, when I was going to the club up back in the day, there, there, there was two DJs, Tito and Manjo. Tito was the main one, but Tito's whole thing, everybody's different. Tito's whole thing was what I learned too. He would hold it back, and you would think that that was all the bass that they had. I mean, he wouldn't give you wouldn't hear nothing, no change in it until maybe mid part of the night. And all of a sudden, you hear this enormous amount of bass come from out of nowhere off of a off of a like a peak song like keep on d train or something like that and all of a sudden he would hold that sub back and then about the quarter he would hold it back to then that's creativity he would hold it back to maybe the middle of the night and then all of a sudden you hear this boom, and the club would just go just just you know what that's called what and I used Wait, to hear it. We go like this: Showtime. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Timmy was good at that. Right. Tim was great at that. Tony Humphries was great at that. Right. Tony's not a big guy that works with the crossover. Tony was never a big crossover guy. No, he just Tony. was doing the records. He made them sound good. You know, Tony was never a big Timmy crossover was. guy. Timmy would work the top end of a system, like you hit Yeah, but Tony, Tony's whole thing was, you his blending would be so impeccable. He, two records would be going together, and you'd be like, "Damn!" It's like, "Yo, when is it gonna stop?" <laughs> I remember, I remember, no DJ has ever, and I mean ever, put me on my knees. And I will never forget, this was 19, this was a new music seminar night, Zanzibar at a party. I was on my knees, like saying, stop, please stop, Tony, please. Stop. And you know the record? It, I remember the record. The record was uh, CD Films by um, um, Soft Cell. CD film. He was he killed that record. He had me on my knees. This is down tempo. It's kind of like a sleazy disco kind of thing that, you know, and it was late in the morning and he he had the whole club just in euphoria. Euphoria. Yo, yeah. he, I used to talk about one mix he would do uh from CJ and Company. Not not we got our own thing, not Devil's Gun. He would play Sure Can't Go to the Moon. Right. And sure can't. He just right over a house record. 11 minutes, you're going. 
Uh, so many, you know, Italians and, and uh, we had Jasper Street back then and uh, we had the label going. We all started make, we all started independent rap, record labels. Masters at Work had their label, Yellow Orange, Basin Boys, uh, Def Mix. We all, basically the majors had kind of like said we had, we had enough of you guys. So we started all these independent labels and that's how house music, especially our tribe of house music has been able to move forward because if it wasn't for that period of all of us starting our independent labels, it might have just died. I mean, we, we, we kept it going, you know, strictly rhythm, all those independent labels, eight ball, all those independent labels were essential for the, the, the evolution for it to keep going, you know, for it to keep going. And, and sure did, because I mean, I'm so blessed that I was able to mix a very iconic record of, you know, you're involved with the feeling. <laughs> yeah, I was one of one of them. Yeah, the label man. We celebrating our hundredth release coming up with uh, a Byron Stingley record. Uh, <clears throat> it's from the Monday Night Studio Sessions at the Rockwell album. Yeah, yes. And Byron, Byron is of course. I don't know Byron Stingley is an old big old. Me and him, like that's my big brother, and. Um, he came to Baltimore when we do these parties on Monday night. On Tuesday, I would go into the studio with the artist. So this is our hundredth release. It's coming out beginning of May. So we got a brand new website. It's called We Belong Together. So Ted, let's talk about the real stuff now. Uh oh. Success is success, and I did it with Morales too. I'm gonna do the same with you, and you gotta tell the dark part. You talked about the great moments when you hit the crossroad. The tra- you know, you talked about that X. In the the X. Yes. You know that X. When's the, when does the year come that you say, "Oh, I don't know anymore. I want to do this." Uh, it's all a blur, but I would say <laughs> 2004, five somewhere around there. After, 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 you know, seeing vinyl sales go from removing like 10,000, 20,000 pieces of vinyl to like 5,000. This, cause this was before track source, everybody. This is before you could download a single from your computer. You know, we'd sell them vinyl. And um, that was the beginning of we seeing vinyl sales shrink and the whole. You know, I don't know why I call it Sofa House. I wish they would stop calling it Sofa House. I have a, I have a br- really big problem with the category thing. You know how we everybody's been pushed down into this. You know, if it's soulful, then it's black somehow. If it's soulful, it's some if it's African, it's some kind of it's it's it feels segregated to me. But I don't want to start getting political. But um, <clears throat> but you have to explain because we came from a point that we said house music. Right, exactly. It was just it was just house music. And um so we were starting to sell less and less and um in the in the in the in the uh, context we had a million dollar facility that the business wasn't supporting anymore. You know, those deals were dried up. Bobby Shaw didn't have a job anymore at, at MCA. All our AR people didn't have a job. Bruce Carbone didn't have a job. No one had a job, basically. They closed all the black departments at these major labels. Um, there was a big transition in happening. And um, with the facility, I decided instead of just trying to keep this, you know, going and going and going, I figured we were living in days gone by, is to just, in my mind, I left the music business. When I told uh, Ronnie Harrell, I did an interview with uh, Ronnie Harrell at My Soul last week. And he, he said, you left the music? And he said, yes, I did. Many people don't know that. I left the music business for about three years. I remember. We spoke. <clears throat> you know, um, I sold the million, million dollar facility. Spin, he decided, because he, he left earlier. He saw the writing on the wall. He said he wanted to go and do his own thing. And, and we gave him his blessing. He started 
Code Red Records. And at that time, I hung on to the studio. Well, this is Charisma had left right before he left. So basically, I sold the studio. I sold the building. I have a lot of the equipment in my basement right now that I'm going to have a, a basement boy sale coming up. Look for it. Original equipment. You can have the original gear. <laughs> but I, we sold the SSL console. And I moved to Pennsylvania. I moved to York, Pennsylvania. And I, I bought a small house up in the mountain. And I was done, Lenny. I was done. Now, I, I, I didn't do anything for about three years. I didn't make not one record. And at that time, you know, I might have made a mistake. But in my mind, I didn't really care because um, spin and charisma and all of that, it was all about, you know, them, them, you know. And, and I was like, I'm done. I'm 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 not doing this anymore until I got a phone call. <laughs> I got two calls. I'm gonna tell you what brought me out of it, all this thing, you know, because if you close your eyes, you can think, you know, Spin was on the he was if anybody don't know this, Spin was my opening DJ, you know. He worked at Basement Boys all those years and I told him, Come on, roll with me, be my opening DJ. And that's how he got his whole chops out there. And if you close your eyes, you know, he could be me sometimes. So for me being absent, you know, it was very easy to fill that in. A lot of promoters was using, you know, the fact that he was with Basement Boys to use that as, as part of the promotion. And it, it infuriated me a little bit, um, but it was all my doing, so I, I didn't care. But I had a phone call, Lenny, and the phone call was an incredible phone call. It was from Valerie Simpson from... Uh, um, Ashton and Simpson. She called me. <laughs> she said my name was going around. My name and Frankie Knuckles' name was going around to produce some songs for her. They were doing an, an adaptation of a play, a book called Invisible Life that they were doing in New York City, a couple of shows at the um, Apollo Theater. And the guy who was actually um, supervising the whole thing was actually producing it was a guy named Proteus whom I know from the club era from back in Baltimore. He used to live here, but he lived in New York. So he actually called me and said, Valerie Simpson said she, she wants you to produce some songs. I'm sending you some demos. I'm sending you some footage of her and Nick in, the, in their apartment. Blah, blah, blah. Tell me what you think. Man. That was the call. It brought me out of my retirement. I said, well, I guess I'm not retiring anymore, man. So I packed my bags and I moved to Harlem. I, I lived in Harlem for about three weeks and I did the shows at the Apollo with them. I met Valerie and Freddie Jackson and all those famous people and stuff. And and then my guitar player, Wayne Cooper, and, and one of my artists whom I was working with, Margaret Grace, we were doing like some cool, like, uh, kind of acoustic stuff. She said, you can't quit. You can't quit. So her, so I went to the studio and I redid one of the songs that we worked on called What You're Gonna Do. And that was the song that brought me back out. It got me uh, a deal with um, Judy at uh, Downtown 161 and uh, put out vinyl, had my own label. I was done with Basement Boys. I was done. You know, I was like, I'm not doing anything. This is my, this is Teddy's moment, you know? <laughs> And that's that's that did it, man. One record to the next. It was that, and then and then God created woman, and then so this was the phoenix rising kind of thing, you know, out of the ashes, you know. Here I come, and uh, here I am. That's, well, one thing I remember that you, I, if I remember correctly, there was I can't remember there was a male artist you were starting to push into I think R and B as well. Marcel, Marcel, that was right after that was right after Margaret, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you, Marcel Russell. Yeah, yeah, you were trying to get that locked. In. Yeah, I did. I, that was me exercising some demons, Lenny. You know, just trying to exercise. You know, my my creativity, get it all out. You know, type thing. You know, and it was it was it was it was the thought. It was perfectly um, therapeutic for me. You know, to do that. So I did that, and now um, I got some projects. I mean, you know that I started the Monday night studio sessions right after the Paradox closed. You know that the iconic Paradox here in Baltimore. I started this uh, night called Monday night studio sessions at the Rockwell with my friend DJ Tom. 
And I started calling up everybody. Kenny Bobby and Barbara Tucker. Um, Layla Hathaway did it. Um, I just named, called out all the people at all my and said, look, can y'all come do this? And they would come and do this live PA with uh, interaction between a uh, percussion player, Dave Vaughn, and Charles Dawkins on the keyboard, and me and Tom's DJ. Man, it's an experience. But COVID, shut it down. I mean, we were rolling, Lenny. So on Tuesday, if they were out of town, I would take them into the studio and record a song. So that's what this album is. What studio? You're saying I'm taking them into the studio. What, what, you don't have the facility. So tell people where you're working out of now. You have a setup again. What did you do? So, you know, so right after um, me coming back to making records, um, I work out of two studios. I, I don't have my own studio. So Greg Lewis, my friend, DJ Greg Lewis from high school, again, here he comes again. I think things never happen like for a reason. I think everything that happens in your life is supposed to. And you'll find out as your life opens up, you know, and, 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 and you know, explores and, and opens up to you. And Greg has a studio built in his house, nice studio. And uh, I work out of his room a couple of days a week. And I work out of another room, a friend of mine's room, Bill Pratt's room. So I have two, uh, a Mac room and a, and a PC room. And it's different, Lenny. I can't go over and move the faders on the SSL and all of that stuff. You know, it's a whole, I mean, these kids work so different. You know, this computer thing is, Totally not the way I make, used to make records, but <laughs> I had to adapt. You know, I had to adapt to, you know, just looking at a screen, you know, basically. And and it took about a year or so for me to actually learn how to come out of my, sh you know, the way I used to make records. But here's the thing that I, I'm going to say personally speaking, okay? You know, if you take a break and then the years go by, now, you have certain markers in your mind as to how you would process a record, how it would sell, all these things that you know that are your DNA. Right. Come back into this so-called digital streaming world. What is that like for you coming as a, as a professional dinosaur that is, you know, has the tattoos and the gold records and all that to now translating into this streaming operation. It's not happening for me. <laughs> I'm on my way out, lady. This is it. I'm gonna make I'm gonna make close up shop again. This is this is there's not there's not music business anymore. There's no business. That streaming thing is ridiculous if this is what we're doing spotify is my what i aspire to be that's 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 crap that's just the way i feel i think it's crap and i'm glad i'm knowing my last chapter of my career not the beginning that's all i have to say about that because it's crap you can't make any money no it's okay it's understandable i totally understand you know you know, I, I like I speak the truth. I speak my truth, and I'm I'm not a fan of it. I'm, I hate the streaming situation. I I hate the whole. I hate it how we totally, which I'm loving. Vinyl is coming back, but um, the way we obtain music, I just don't. I never I never was a fan of that. You know, I'd rather you know go to my local record shop, but. That's not the way it is, but I'm and I don't. I'm not one of those guys that oh, I wish it was day like it was before. I just I'm just out, <laughs> you know. <laughs> no big deal to me. I'm just out, you know. Are you looking at it from the from like the picture window from looking through the window? Is that how we see it now? Because you, you don't want to be in the game. You just rather look from outside in. You know? No, I just rather be in the game, but on the side having a cocktail, smoking a joint or something. As opposed to trying to hustle and try to make this, try to make some everybody see me, make get me million followers, and and make everybody, oh look at me, look at me. I'm not in, nah, that's not what I want. I want to still be in the room. I don't want to be on the outside. I just don't. I just don't want. I just don't want to be. I want to be at the bar chilling. <laughs> yeah. I know it's hard. It's and I tell people when you're used to a certain way of of things, you know, a certain style, a certain lifestyle of how things rolled, and that's how we were all brought up. 
Right. Like it was different before we, no, we came into something that was already rolling. And then all of a sudden within a moment of a blink of an eye changed. Yep. Yep. I think the kids don't have no respect for, for, for production anymore. They just take all my records and just sample them and put, and put, take the hooks from the acapellas and make new records out of them. It's terrible. Cause you don't know how many, how many lawsuits I could go after on a daily basis of people ripping off my music, man. It's horrible. You got to pick and choose because some of them are not worth it. Some of the people. Exactly, exactly. The whole thing is worth it. It's some a DJ X in his bedroom putting out some streams. Exactly. And they just they don't have no respect. They just go grab an acapella and put something on it and then sell it. Oh, man, I know. That's the tough part of it. And it's disheartening too that you know all this great stuff that you did, you know that you you wrote and worked on. Yeah, we we all we all were original back in the day. I mean, we like I can think of all the the, the talented uh, of my peers that we were all coming up in the '90s and all making that original original music. You know what I mean? Even you, Lenny. You know you're part of the fabric. I know. Well, <laughs> I know. I know. Today I'm a media man. Yes. <laughs> but you all part of the fabric. <laughs> Thank you for including me. I appreciate it. <laughs> There's a lot of great talent that we were all amongst rubbing shoulders and doing what we do. Something that we didn't care about the money. Yes, we nope. cared about the business, but we didn't care about it because if it came, it was fantastic because that was a trophy. Right. Right. Oh, oh right. Man. So you really gotta re yeah, but you never retire from this. You love making music. Oh, do and what I'm doing is because I have a lot of kids who send me daily message. You know, I don't sign records to Basement Boys records. So I don't sign records like I used to. I don't develop artists like I used to. What I'm doing is is my time. It's whatever I feel like doing. If, if somebody calls me and I feel like Linda Clifford called me and say let's do a record, I'm we're, we're doing a record together. Right. So I'm only working with people that I, that I want to work with. So it's, it's kind of like that, Lenny. It's not like I'm not going to be doing it, but I'm not going to be out here like looking to develop, you know, talent like I did before and that whole thing. I'm out of that business. Yeah, I'm out of that. So you're not, you're not, you're not the A&R looking for those new, new nah. artists? I'm not in that business anymore. No. Nah. 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 I'm done with that. Actually, this is my time. I'm going to be focusing a lot on like the back catalog of Basin Wars. I'm going to get a lot. I want to do the young. I want to interject some of the young remixes into some of our back catalog and have them remix some of it or most of it. I'm not going to do it. Um, and I'm going to do projects that are dear to me, like the Quincy Jones thing I'm doing. And the, oh, I'm doing a project for my for my little brother on Quantize. Uh, it's called Baltimore Philadelphia International, where I take. Uh, a lot of Philadelphia international records that he's done and what I've done, I put them together in an album, remixed them, resang them, reinterpreted them. And uh, that's going to be on Quantize. Teddy's going to have a record on Quantize. <laughs> but when, when, when Spin did his label, he said, man, you got to do something with my label. And I was like, oh, man, fuck that. I ain't doing nothing. With I ain't doing nothing. <laughs> then I said, you know what? <laughs> I want to do so. I said, but he wanted me to take his catalog and do something. But I said, I have to do it my way. So it took a, a minute for me to figure out how I was going to do it and have fun with it. So I called him up one day and I said, Spin, I figured it out. I know how I'm gonna, what I'm going to do for your label. And so we, we having a lot of fun with it. It should, it should be out later on in summer. So who's involved in it? What artists did you, do you have involved? Um, Richard Burton's doing the, the Teddy Pendergrass covers. We got uh, Bad Luck, uh, You Can't Hide, and then I did just, just did the uh, greatest inspiration with Jasper Street Company. He redid uh, "Don't Leave Me This Way," which is killer. Um, met him, uh, Tasha Lorray, uh, uh Oh, Carmen Brown. Ooh, Carmen Brown. I did two songs with Carmen. Carmen, I hope you're watching because she's been calling me. She's been really like calling. Where my record? Where my record? And I told her, Carmen, if anybody knows Teddy, Teddy doesn't do records bad. You know, <laughs> I don't do records fast. I just don't. Never have. But she did uh, the Gene Con, uh Town Waits for No One. What? And I had to do um, Was It All It Was. I so, really did. When you do these records like this, how do you top what's already 
something that's a masterpiece. You know, those records in the original versions, you know how amazing. Right, yeah. Well, how do you approach well, it? What do you do as a? Well, you don't, you don't, you don't think about topping it. You think about making it the best record you, it can be. And I wanted somebody who had a mature voice. I couldn't just get like any young girl to sing a Gene Con lyric. You know what I mean? I had to have somebody who had a mature voice. And Carmen Brown's been around. I didn't know Carmen Brown's been around since Symphonia days back in Atlanta. And I was, she, we were in the studio and we were talking about, wow, Carmen. So she has the maturity to pull off a Jane Cullen record. Oh, hell yeah. She's a great vocalist. She's a great vocalist. So it's easy. When you, when you work with the right people, Lenny, it's easy. Right. Because they're coming with full talent and they are now going... They're coming with experience. And hey. she's going to be a And she gave it, boy. She gave it. So, yeah, look out for that. That's coming on Quantize. So the whole album, Common Brown, Richard Ray, it's going to be dope. So Do you understand the Quantize? Let's, let's, let's use Quant... We're not going to badmouth Quantize, everybody. Let me just use them as the you business. You better not. <laughs> Michael Proctor and he was Spence been on the show. How can yeah. that happen? That's yeah. not the case. The business model, do you get it? Do you understand it? How he's releasing like a machine. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I, brought up on, I brought up on the show too. I said you you release uh, people, people wrote to me that they release a lot. What's right. your, what's I, your, Opinion. I have this conversation with my little brother all the time. We, we, we talk about it. That's my little brother, man. I talk about it to him. And his philosophy is Strictly Rhythm, for example. Strictly Rhythm was throwing records out like it was nobody's business at one time. You remember? Oh, I remember. Okay. So his philosophy is... Two a week if it was, remember. Two a week. Right. Boom, 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 boom. And I can't keep up with it. But that's his philosophy, and I have to respect him for it. You know what I mean? But yeah, he's he's doing the strictly rhythm thing, you know, boom, boom, boom. And you know, sometimes I can miss a record because you know I'm trying to go through my email, and I'm old. You know, what I mean, I miss a lot of emails. <laughs> so I end up playing when I hear people, oh, oh, yeah, that's on cool. I, I like that, and that's how you know. But um, that's his philosophy, man. And it's the strictly rhythm old rule, you know? Well, the Carmen Brown came up and read it to you. I heard y'all were talking about. <laughs> What's up, Carmen? I love Teddy and Lenny and working it and talking. Yes. So, <laughs> so, so you basically, it's like everybody. I get so many promos and between everything we're doing, it's tough to keep it's up. Tough. It is. It really is, man. It's tough to keep up, and I, I don't even go to track source like that, man. I'm just done. Looks like done. I don't, I don't have time for that. I go there once in a while, you know. <laughs> it's a I, lot, and it's a lot. Do you lot. miss playing vinyl? Would you rather be playing vinyl all day and enough of the MP3s and wave files? I I I, I, love, I used to do a vinyl party on my birthday here in Baltimore, and it's 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 so much fun, and the kids love it. They they love. Hey, yo, Teddy, when you gonna do another vinyl party? But we had COVID, man, and I couldn't. You know, it's all shut down. Yep, no oh. birthday party this year. Last year, actually, twenty twenty. And see, you know what? Let's talk about that too. Does it feel like a blur? This whole since we shut down, like everything. Yeah, yeah. How you coping well, with it? How you coping with this whole? You know, hide in your house and wait to come out and play. Lenny, I didn't leave my house. The last party I went to was uh, Ultra's Deep Sugar Party. Louis came down, and and it was funny because Louis, well, after he left, we called each other. He said, "Yo, man," he said, "I'm sorry for acting weird, but." You know, we both laughed because he had on gloves. He had just come back from Japan, and this was like January. They were all, and I like we we used to hug and you know like what's up, yo, what's up, yo. We did like the, yo, what's up from like from the distance. <laughs> it's been weird. It's been so weird. Back there, and, you know what? You notice the screen split between him and I. We're right now going to get arrested because we're too close. <laughs> so basically, that was the last time I was out for the whole entire year. 
Like, I didn't. I usually have a Christmas party. I didn't have that. So I started going back into the studio around September of 2020 with a mask on, you know, and we're working one day a week trying to finish up all, all the stuff that I had in the can. Thankfully, I had all that stuff in the can, Louise. I mean, Lenny, so I didn't have to have musicians or people to come into the studio because we were only like, like allowing like me and an engineer. That's it, you know. But I had all these great things and just waiting to be mixed and produced and arranged and stuff. So I was working, man. I, I've been working ever since. Just for you. Yeah, man. I've been working since September. And I'm, I'm still working, finishing up the Quincy Jones project and, and Spence project in the next couple of weeks. So, yeah, man, I've been working, man. And then I'm going to be looking for uh, remixes to start working on uh, remixing some of the back. So how, so what kind of, so for the aspiring remixers that are watching the show, what are we looking for in the remixer? Like what exactly is the, the criteria in your mind? I want, I want, I want somebody that's creative and I want them, I want to, you know, I'm, I don't know everything. I want somebody, you know, the younger, you know, interject some of the younger talent and some of the younger ideas. So I'm going to be opening it up to people to submit. Um, your favorite remixes. We probably have a little, you know, contest or something like that to submit sure. some acapellas, you know, that you can download and then make your own remix from it. And then maybe the best one mix. But then I'm also want to call on some people like um, Dr. Packer and uh, Michael Gray and even yourself, Lenny. Lenny, you're a great remixer, man. You do, you do, you do phenomenal work. So I'm gonna be calling you up. <laughs> to thousands of people are watching this show. Okay, everybody, like I'm going to say, no. <laughs> Got you on camera. <laughs> it's already happened four times before. He smoothed in the same thing. Can I count on you? <laughs> like this. I would like this is a pregnant pause. <laughs> of course. I've been turning down gigs, man. I haven't. All the time. You know that. You're fam. Families doesn't say no to family unless we're not having that's uh, right. That's right. But Lenny, I've been turning down gigs. I just turned down another gig today. Um, where exactly are these gigs that you're being offered from? Where um, Atlanta Outdoor Festival in Atlanta, a uh, festival in Houston, Texas. Oh, okay. They're mainly in the states. Because uh, I was wondering, because there's nothing in Europe right now. Yeah, they're not bringing no Americans in Europe. Ooh, you know, keep your COVID behind in the Americanos are dirty. <laughs> no mannequins in the no 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 and no. David's doing it because David lives over there. That's I what David. If I remember this correctly. Meet him finished in Italy. We're, we're traveling to the plane, and the police stopped Teddy. I, remember, I do remember. I had this memory out of nowhere. They stopped you next to me, and I gotta start talking to the Italian police in Italian to, to get off him. You remember? Like he's like, "What are you doing?" They grabbed him. That's the time. That's the time I got stopped with the dogs. Yes. Teddy's <laughs> me. He's like, "Yo, lady, what's going on?" I said, and I'm sorry to talk to him in Italian. And they're asking, he's got drugs. Say, so he's got no drugs. I had drugs. I, I know that. And look, and I had dreadlocks too. I yeah. cut my hair right after that. I cut my hair all off. And I said, Teddy. You almost got locked up. He said, damn, thank God we got through that. Goddamn cops. <laughs> the hell did he stop me for? I said, yo, man, you are target, bro. Where are you? <laughs> I had drugs on me, yo. <laughs> oh, bro, those days, man. I don't do that anymore, man. Those are the, I stopped doing it after that. I don't travel. I told a promoter, look, I don't care what it is. Alcohol, whatever I need, you better have it when I get there. So I'm, not calling, I'm not traveling with no drug paraphernalia. <laughs> Ever that's again, real. That's called keeping it real. Keeping it real on true house stories, right? That's right. <laughs> that's right. Now, do you need do you need things to play a full night, or do you feel comfortable just with the music and a little alcohol to take some of the edge off? Do you still feel like you need that? You know, like back in the day, like you know, we be right. You needed weed and, and yeah. all kind of stuff. To I don't want to say exactly what you need. But <laughs> <laughs> um, I always like to have a glass of champagne. I don't necessarily drink as much as I used to because I'm older now. And I used to. I remember Dave Morales, who's, who's in Italy, he used to come in the booth 
and they and the club. What's the name of that club? Not is it Angels? What's the club that has Naples or where? Fiscal Naples. Yeah, that's at Metropolis. Angels of Love. Well, he was a resident there, and I opened up for one night. He came in the boat booth with a big bottle of Grand Marier. Grand Marier was my my. That's Fitzcarraldo. Fitzcarraldo. Yeah, yeah, I think that is Fitzcarraldo. I remember. Yes. And uh, he used to come in the booth with his bottle of Grand Marier. That was my dream. I can't do that. I can't. I can't down hey, bottles of Grand Marier. Next morning for a flight after you finish. Oh. <laughs> Look, one night I woke up and. Uh, my bed, it was so hot in the room. Spin, we 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 were on tour together. Spin woke up and saw that my whole I had pulled my whole entire bed out of the balcony of the of the hotel. <laughs> I was dead drunk. <laughs> he woke up and saw my feet out on the balcony. I'm laid out on the deck like this. <laughs> and that ain't what a rock star lifestyle is. That ain't what a rock star. I tell you, man, I don't have some. I don't, I've had an incredible life, Lenny. You have. Yeah, I have. When I look back, when I think about, when I talk to, and I, I, I go back on my life, man, it's been an, a, the journey is what the what's been incredible. You know, the journey from the record store, you know, to the the, the DJ and the producer. Did you ever think in the record shop, could you ever fathom the stardust, the fairy dust that was coming, that this would have been what your life was going to be in the next 20 years in front? Could you ever dream of something like this? No, man, this is this is way beyond my dreams. You know, this has exceeded my dreams because all I really wanted was to be around music. And I know I didn't know. And that was ever since I was a young kid I was playing records from a 45. I didn't know in what capacity. I didn't know how, where, when, or how. But I knew it had to be around music. And that's 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 what's been my force. That's the driving force. Where I land is where I land, you know? So you weren't bigger than the music. The music was all about the music. Exactly. You can never be bigger than the music. I've heard that quote before. And, and people get it wrong when when they think that they're bigger than the music. The music, I'm just a vessel. For the music, you know? What exactly does that mean to a young aspiring producer DJ? It means it means that there's only one Louis Vega. There's only one David. There's only one Tony Hong. Be your authentic self. And if you're supposed to be this person that you aspire to be, it'll happen. That's what it means. All you right. stay the course. A lot of people don't stay the course. Had I not stayed the course, like, or left the record store, or I wish I would have worked with Saeed Garrett, though. That's one of my regrets. <laughs> I would have been working with Quincy Jones. Oh, my God. Idiot. But, you know, I stayed the course. I did, you know, things that in in order of how they were supposed to be done. What if I Wait a minute, you're old enough to remember the Sanford and Son, for God's sake, the music on there. I would have been like, Teddy, what are you talking about, bro? That's the guy who did... I know, man. I know. Teddy I know. Austin, Michael Jackson. What are I, you know. Doing? I know. I know. That's, that, that proves it to you. The music was bigger. It was bigger than Quincy Jones. Damn. Because we had these major label deals that was contractual, Lenny. I couldn't. Oh, and you know that third album? <clears throat> I believe we did get dropped because, like, Crystal's third album. Uh, who was his name? Um, Danny Goldberg or Danny Goldberg? He called me because I had a tour in Japan and I had to finish Crystal's album. He told me if you don't finish Crystal's album next week, then then you can say goodbye to your deal. I said, Look, man, I'm going to Japan. I'll do it when I get back. <laughs> we got dropped. <laughs> But, 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 but to be fair, we all got dropped. Brian McKnight got dropped. Vanessa Williams, us. We're looking for a reason, they right? Were, exactly. You knew the writing was on the wall. The writing was on the wall. They were shutting Mercury down. You know what I mean? Your deal is toast. You're gonna be eighty six. 
Right, and I was like, man, look, I'm doing, and at that time, like, Yellow was big, you know, the big yeah, club. I remember all the, yeah, it was like, and yeah. I was like, man, this is my debut at Yellow, you feel crazy, man, I'm going to Japan. Yeah, what <laughs> that daughter, remember you asked me, yo, Lenny, did you go to Japan? I said, I've been to Japan four times already, you're like, oh, I gotta go. I'm going to Japan. I remember it was right around that time, you asked yeah. me, I said, yeah, you gotta go, you gotta go. You gotta go, man, so, I mean, so, so, so my career, you know, Lenny, it's 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 been uh it's been it's been an incredible ride. I'm thankful for a whole whole host of people that I could never name all the people. But everybody know who they are. Everybody knows and everybody know what played they part. But but part they played in, in the game, you know. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. yeah. So we're gonna watch out for your new albums. Yes. And it sounds like you're not leaving us yet. You got nah, nah, nah. I'm gonna be doing projects that are then dead to me. That's it. I'm not. I'm not gonna be like like signing anybody or anything like that. I'm trying to discover. Can anybody. I just give you some words of wisdom? Sure, man. Never say never. <laughs> I never said never. I said I'm not going to be. <laughs> not sure. You just leave it like you. You know why? Because I never thought things that happened happened, and you just yeah. go with the flow. And yeah. like I said, you never know that phone call is going to call from Oprah Winfrey. She says, "I got this new artist." Well, see, that's different. See, that's, different. that's not that's not me discovering somebody. Oprah discovered him. You know what I mean? That's different. Back in the day, Lenny, we was mad. We was picking people off the street. You know, like, hey, can you sing? Can you dance? Can you, can you jig? Can you write? Can you dance? Can you play keyboard? It's good. It's good. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and then, everyone, what we would do is, and Teddy probably say the same, when you're running a company, now you're thinking, what labels are we going to take these artists to right. the sound? Right. It wasn't just a matter of, they could sing and dance. It was which AR person is going to understand what we're doing. If it was not only here, but over in Europe too, in the UK. Right. Yeah. And most of our work was licensing records. That was a big part of our job. Yeah, it really was. It really was. Yep. And um, I, I want to just uh, keep doing it until it doesn't feel good. You know, I don't know when the next time I'm going to be DJing because the Rockwell party, we, we're probably going to do as soon as every, you know, this whole COVID thing opens up. Welcome back, Rockwell party. It's going to be a welcome back. Cause soon yeah, as yeah, man. Hopefully, hopefully later later this year or maybe next year. What's your prediction once everybody's um, COVID free? What do you think is going to happen? I think people are still going to have a lot of anxiety about going out in crowds. I think that's not going to go away with just a shot in the arm. That's what I believe. I think that, and that now that might mean a longer uh, period for us to get back to, you know, dancing so close to where some you can feel the sweat then bumping up and sweating all over. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about that. <laughs> You know, people's anxiety. People been in the house for a year. People's anxiety levels are going. And I know I'm. I'm. I am now uh, a little bit of a germaphobe. You know, I really am. Yeah, but you know what? That was never our scene. Our scene yeah. was you're hugging, kissing. I know, no, no, and the towels going like this. No, I know, I know, man. So what I, I'm hoping. We're gonna be like dancing, like I'm hoping by like a TV show. <laughs> you know, that's what it's gonna look like for real. I mean, yo, that's sweating and and that working out. It's like going to a gym all night long. Yeah, man. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how long it's gonna take for us to get back to that. Put it that way. I don't know where I, I believe we're gonna get back, but I don't know how long we'll, 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 get, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll, we'll get, get there. there. We'll get there. I don't know how we're gonna get there. I don't know what right. road we're gonna have to go down or go up the mountain. Right. How long it's gonna take to get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'll tell you what I need to do. I need to play music again. I'm dying. Yeah, you do. I've been you know what I'm doing? I'm enjoying my my social. I do a, 
a radio show, My Soul. MySoul.com last Wednesday of every Wednesday. No, I get that. I get that. I mean, play out with people in front of us screaming and going, yeah. Well, you know what, man? I, I, I'm not I'm not in, into the, the Twitch DJ in front of a camera thing. So, oh. so, so you're not going to ever see me do that. Even though I'm doing, I did one for our 100th celebrations coming out of, we did a two-hour video where I'm doing a, my first live virtual set Spends DJ and Tom. This airing. What is this going gonna to be airing the same time when, when the uh, the single comes out in May? Okay. Uh, we belong together. Is the name of the single. So we got a new website. We got new single. We got uh, a two hour hundred celebration video with Louis Vegas uh, interviews and Gladys Pizarro and. And Spence DJing, I'm DJing, Tom's DJing. We got we got p- distributors and uh, everybody's saying congratulations. It's kind of like a big celebration. It's it's really cool. We've been I've been put, I've been like Steven Spielberg over here putting together like a little mini movie. So that's gonna be in May. May. It's gonna be in May. So where do we go and find out the information? We go to teddydouglas.com. What do we do? We got DJ Teddy Douglas Instagram uh, on my Facebook, Teddy Douglas or Basin Boys. Basin Boys. Everybody look. So follow him, please, at teddy.douglas. Instagram at DJ Teddy Douglas. Follow him. Follow he- me. Follow me. And, uh, or, or any Basin Boys, basinboys.com. We have a new website in May. Uh, we also have a Facebook page, but uh, you it'll be plenty. Uh, it'll be plenty of uh, advertisement out there, uh, telling you it's going to be on YouTube and all the platforms. Facebook. Do you have Do you have an iPhone, Teddy? Or you have? A- no, I don't. I'm not an iPhone person. I'm an Android. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Why you ask? Because there's this app that I've been pushing that's really great. And some of the people who have the iPhones have been coming on. It's called Clubhouse, which actually in April, they, I think they're going to have the Android version. And a lot of the dance music community is on. Oh, cool. We want to get you on there because we, you know, you're part of our alumni. We do a Clubhouse wrap-up show on Thursdays, but we do it on Clubhouse. And people come in and ask questions. And then oh, okay. we'd love to get you on. but. If you don't have an iPhone, you got to wait till April. It's like being out in Odell's. Yeah, I wait. You no got to wait. Music playing. Play. <laughs> yeah, come in now, boy. Sounds <laughs> right. good, good, man. But we can't thank you enough. I don't know if there's anything. I mean, we covered a hell of a lot of acreage with you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and you'll get the. I'm assuming that you will be gained because you want to come back out and play in the world. I guess you're going to get the vaccine too. Like, oh, okay. yes. I'm getting the vaccine. Yeah. I'm getting the vaccine. Um, I want to be able to uh, hug my mom. I take, you know, care of my parents. So I want to maybe be able to do that. As soon as I've been able to get the vaccine, I'm going to get the vaccine for sure. All right. You heard that, everybody? Stay vigilant. Put your mask on. Put your gloves on. Put your glasses on. <laughs> yeah. so, Call yourself a doctor. So Did Lenny, you- I got one funny story before I leave. Please go ahead. I got one funny story that uh if Louie's watching, he'll be he'll find this funny. Kenny might not find it so funny. <laughs> but um, you know, you were speaking earlier about remixes. You know, you know, at that time we were doing, you know, the crystal waters was happening, everybody was calling us remixes. And uh, Louie and Kenny was having their first big out party out with uh, Mark Anthony, Riding the Rhythm, their first big, you know, coming out party. So they called us to remix the single, Ride the Rhythm. And we were like, oh, cool, 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 cool. So we did it. And um, we didn't hear anything, basically, for a little bit about what, whether they liked it or they didn't like it or anything. And um, so Tony Humphreys had <laughs> a version of theirs that came that he let me say, you know this record, blah, blah. he let me hear it. They had just taken the the keys that Neil Conway had played the piano, dun, 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 and Kenny stripped the whole track and put new Kenny Dope drums on it, and they called it Masters of Work Remix. We were furious, Lenny. We were, this is this is inside dirt, true house stories, dirt. <laughs> We were so mad, 
They gave us little credit at the bottom of the record keyboards by Neil Conway. Nothing about basement boys. But it's funny now because Louie and I and Kenny and I, we are the closest. We we like family. But back then, we was hot to death. I told Tony, I said, Tony, don't play that version. But you couldn't deny Kenny's dope. Kenny Dope's drums was bananas. So, yeah. you know, you couldn't deny that the record was hot to death, you know. <laughs> but... It is what it is. You know, you deal, you know, I, I know. Okay, so then I'll ask you this question. I asked Louis the same. Here we go. We all are in the Olympics. We're all gold medal runners, different levels. Some are silver, some are bronze, some are gold. What was the competition like back in the day? <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's loaded. Now that's the truth. Go ahead. So what's the question? So the competition, like, you know, around you, like you're looking at the different houses, because come yeah. on now. Yeah. You're looking at the different houses, and I mean houses each production company had. I don't want to no. say names, but you, you can't help but hear the records coming in the mail. So what right, you, right. What are you thinking? <laughs> we 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 really admired um, Kenny's drums. I mean, back in that time, Kenny Dope's drums we thought was killer. And and it was it was a, of course it was some some friendly rivalry going on between the, the production companies. Of course, man, that 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 made it all fun. Actually, you know, we were all like battling, but it was healthy. It was very healthy. It was very healthy. They brought the best out in us, and, and we brought the best out in them. You know, it was Masters at Work, Basin Boys, Blaze. Um, it was Kevin and Josh, um, us, and uh, there was a big other. Uh, and then it was it was the the death mix thing. You know, the whole David, they, they, David was putting out them clean, pristine, Frankie them pristine sounding records. Our records was a little bit on the rough side, you know, because I like it. Rough. But yeah, it was it was really calm. But it was I think it was the best. We it brought the best out of all of us, you know. But that's the thing. If you played your record, if I blindfolded myself, I knew it was you. I could hear right. it. Right, right, right. We like that kick right up front. Yeah, the kick was you know, go go and the right. elbows and the, the way things were done. It just right. your 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 syncopation is what made you guys who you are. And you know what, Lenny? I wish that was going on more. I wish guys would be more. Like I said earlier, I wish guys would be more. I hear a lot of, like, the same. You know, I don't hear a lot of... Yes, they copy everything we did. It's like, it's like almost like saying word for word, except musically. Well, I hear a lot of the same, like, I mean, there's, I know I hear a lot of... Um, of course, Louis influences a lot of young kids, but I, I, there's only one Louis Vega. You know what I mean? I just... I just wish people would be a little bit more authentic. It's not easy to be authentic, bro. You got to step out the box. You got to have a big pair of balls. And, and you got to fail. And I've, I've had quite you a few have to Learn to fail. Exactly. I've had failed. I used to have guys who taught me how to DJ back in the day. Larry Patterson and T, uh, T. Scott. And Scott. Like, don't be afraid to manage. Don't be afraid to clear the dance floor. Don't be afraid of that. It's clear okay. the motherfucking dance floor. Clear. That was learning you don't teach you never do it again. <laughs> <laughs> do it one more time. Watch. Lose your job. You'll never do it again. <laughs> Mr. Larry LeVan sitting down, the crowd, right? Now check this out. I used to say this all the time. I'll say it again. I said it last week. Say it every time. Only he can get away with that because he was part of the club. If you That's were right. not part of the ownership or say your father, you know, the club owner is like your dad in a way. Right, right. He sees you, you don't do no wrong, even though you are crazy and you do take wild shit and right. you get a lot of money for them. Right. The minute you get fired is a big open, open your eyes moment. Right, right, right. And don't be afraid. Take a chance. Yeah, yeah man. Well, man, thank you, man, for having me today. I hope it's... Thank you, man. I appreciate this. I hope everybody had a great time. Loved you, as always. 
you'll be able to check them out, of course, on YouTube when we put it up. And also, I'm going to ask Teddy Douglas for a radio mix for the True House Stories Takeover, which we've been doing with different all the different ones that have perform, uh, performed, excuse me, that actually came on the show, have been giving us an hour mix for the True House Story Takeover. And we, we air at Radio FG and other stations around the world. You don't have to do it live, visual, old school radio mix, no talking. <laughs> Go. Cool. The way we want it. You got Everyone, it. I want to leave everybody with this. Check this out. You got to like this. Ready? Teddy? Yep. Ashley Beetle next week. Black Science Orchestra is going to rock the box, baby. Black Science Orchestra. Ashley Beetle. Check him out next week. And you know it's going to be some crazy stuff talked about. Teddy Douglas, Basic Boy Icon, Crystal Waters, Ultra Tay. Michael Jackson remixer, everything, Grammy nominated, everything as it goes. Oh, man, I didn't even talk about that Jasper Street Company. My God. Oh, mention the Jasper Street Company now before we go. Yeah, man, thanks, Louis Vega, for that amazing remix. That that nomination we just had for the best remixer for praying for you. Mike Weiss, Nervous, Andrew, everybody at Nervous Records. Big up to all my partners. Thank you, guys. All right, and that... People is a true house stories rap. Thank you, Teddy. 